0: You're listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa, a podcast where we talk about what matters most, sports. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Time Out with Jen and Lisa. We are up to 27 episodes of us rambling on about randomness in sports. I think that pretty much sums up our podcast. And today is probably one of our most random episodes. Oh, uh, I don't know.
1: There may have been more. There random. may have been
0: more. Um, let's see. We've got hockey to talk about. We've got uh, that little bicycling thing called Tour de France that is uh, just finished stage two today. Uh, we've got Major League Baseball. We've got the Olympics coming up in 30 days. The Euro Cup. We've got the Euro Cup. We've got four-wheeled NASCAR to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think that covers it. That could be it. I think that's Uh, about it. And anything else we decide to throw in along the way. Yes, that's kind of how it goes, I think, right? Yeah. That's pretty much how it goes. So I'm your host, Jennifer Fink. With me is the fantastic... Lisa Porcello. And we are ready to kick off this episode of Time Out with Jenna and Lisa with... The NHL Stanley Cup is ready to go. Yep, the showdown is set. It's going to be the Montreal
1: Canadiens versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, uh, you know, I like my trivia...
0: Yes, so do you great.
1: Know, It has been 300 uh, I'm sorry, 3687 days since a Canadian team clinched a spot in the Stanley Cup finals. 3687 days, 10 years. The last being Vancouver on May 24th, 2011, when they beat the San Jose Sharks
0: in game 5 to advance to the Cup wow so, so 10 years since a canadian team so is i mean montreal is probably one of the montreal and Toronto are probably the two least favorite teams in canada but i have a feeling that all of canada is cheering for montreal well, do you think yeah, they're all I in mean, unity here
1: can, i mean canadian sports fans I um, recently um you know they've had the raptors they've won the nba final um You know the well the blue jays i mean they're doing well now but i don't see them going to the world series Mm -mm. and when did they win the world series last 93 yeah somewhere in there all right so they have that but i mean hockey is that country's number one passion correct i mean i would say pretty much 99 percent of all kids learn how to skate (laughs) at a very young age with a stick in their
0: hand in canada as soon as they come out of the womb they're handed a stick I think that's about right. Like that's like your welcome to the world. Here is your first hockey stick. I think that's probably. wouldn't be surprised. And your
1: baby hockey skates.
0: Yes. And
1: uh, so, do you know the the last year that Canada won a Stanley Cup?
0: 1993. 1993. By the Montreal Canadiens. The
1: Montreal Canadiens. Brian Mulroney was Prime Minister of Canada at the time. Wow. Bill Clinton was President of the United States. The Toronto Blue Jays were on their way to winning their second straight World Series. Um, It was also the last time
0: a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Wow. So it's been a very long time. So the Blue Um, Jays must feel pretty confident. Like, they must feel like this is good. Montreal's in the Stanley Cup Mm -hmm. final. This could be our year.
1: Well, the 93 Montreal Canadiens, led by their captain, uh, Guy, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Carboneau, squared off against the LA Kings and one of the greatest hockey players of all time, Mr. Wayne Gretzky, The Kings won the first game before Canada went and won the next three straight in overtime. Damn. Uh, Montreal finished off the series 4-1 at home uh, at the Montreal Forum June 9, 1993. And Gretzky did not manage a shot on goal the entire
0: game for that last game. Wow. Yeah. That's how you win. You take out their best player.
1: I mean, we could say Wayne Gretzky is... The best of all time.
0: I don't think many people would disagree with you. Exactly.
1: And the fact that in the last game in that series, he didn't take one shot on goal. That's impressive. So that's impressive. So, you know, I mean, it's looking, you know, we'll get into who we think, but.
0: Yeah, um, just uh, just as a a little bit of a point, the uh, Montreal Canadiens were plus 2700. To win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the season, it's kind of like that year the St. Louis Blues won the Cup. Mm-hmm. They were not a favorite, and Tampa Bay was plus nine hundred. Just to point that out, I think the best one was Colorado Avalanche, then ta- uh, Tampa Bay, and then it went to Vegas, Toronto. So you know we've got Tampa <coughs> Bay in there.
1: We all know who and- I picked,
0: and. Colorado. You pick Colorado. (laughs) I mean, I've been on that Tampa Bay. I know. Tampa Bay train. And then like mid-year, I went to Montreal because Montreal was just looking really good. And then they sort of slipped a little. And we were like, what the hell happened to Montreal? But. I think they've got the tools that could upset Tampa Bay, but I just think Tampa Bay is too good Here's, on every single front. So you're picking Tampa. Bay. I think Tampa Bay is going to win.
1: You know, the the question is is can the Montreal Canadiens uh, slow down the Lightning's offense? I don't, and know especially if the depth they have at offense. And then <clears throat> on the other hand, can Tampa Tampa Bay's offense break through the Canadiens' defense? I mean, what? What Montreal has done to opposing team stars in the postseason is really no fluke. I mean, if you look at the the first round, Austin, Matthews, and Mitch Marner, they couldn't do a darn thing against the Canadians in that first round. The second round, Winnipeg, their big stars, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, they couldn't do anything, and Montreal had one of their big stars out of the game in Sheffley, Mark yep. Sheffley. Mm-hmm. So... I think that if Montreal can do that to Tampa Bay's stars and if Carey Price continues to have the postseason that he's having.
0: So he he has a league best 93% save percentage. If he can continue that. Yeah, he's played every minute of the playoffs. Um, Montreal was facing a three to one series deficit in the first round and that save percentage during that time, when they went on a, an eleven and two run, went up to ninety four percent. That's insane. That's insane. I, I think I think Carey Price might be the uh, might might be the um sort of catalyst for for Montreal. He's, I think he's this, got the biggest chance. This
1: series is going to be goalie versus goalie. It's going to be Carey Price versus Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay.
0: Definitely could be.
1: Because you've got, I mean, you've got two of the best goalies in hockey and the way Carey Price is playing is out of this world.
0: They're a really good five on five team. Um, They're definitely, they're definitely right up there uh, with every other contender. I think that's, that's been in, that we've talked about, like the Maple Leafs, Vegas, Colorado, Boston, Washington. I really thought Boston or Washington, one of them was going to be your Stanley Cup champion, but they just kind of peered out
1: <laughs> I was not feeling East Coast teams wasn't feeling it at all yeah um I don't know why I I just wasn't feeling it I, I think it, it really comes down to I, 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 we all know I've I'm I think Montreal is going to win it in seven mm-hmm. I think it comes down to if Carey Price is sensational and Cole Caulfield continues to be the star that he is and Nick Suzuki Yeah, I think
0: those are the the two like um, ice players that definitely, if they keep emerging and keep stepping up, I think it's going to be a really nice tight series. I still think Tampa Bay has a little bit more experience, and I think Tampa Bay,
1: if they continue to play as well as they're capable of playing, if they're playing to their full potential, which sometimes they don't, they'll win.
0: Yeah, but I'm really I'm going Montreal in seven games. Wow. I don't know how many games, but I'm still doing Tampa Bay. It'll be at least four. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Uh. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I just can't go with repeats. That's why I picked Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl, because I didn't see Kansas City repeating. I don't have faith in repeats. I, I,
0: I know, but I think if there's a team that can do it, it's Tampa Bay. I mean, and at, I said that at the beginning of the season. Everybody like, Tampa was saying, Bay "Just looked so good." Yes,
1: but everybody was saying the Chiefs were going to repeat. There was no way Tampa Bay could beat them,
0: and Tampa Bay beat them. Well, Tampa Bay had that player called Tom Brady. So
1: yes, but Montreal has <laughs> Carey Price. <laughs> That's He's, true. Who's got a nine point nine three zero? Oh yeah, uh, per- uh, goaltender uh, save. Yeah, I percentage. mean
0: it's insane that is he, he has almost a ninety four percent save rate in the playoffs. Yeah, this is a bit against the best teams. In the league, and he's still 94% saves. Yeah.
1: I also think that the Canadians have the heart and soul of Canada behind them. I think they really want to bring Canada a Stanley Cup and the whole country of Canada. I mean, there's a lot of hatred between different hockey fans I in know. Canada. Yeah, that's that's and, but I feel thinking. like the whole of Canada has united behind the Canadians. And I just feel like they're they're the right team at
0: the right time to do it. I I think it's – I still have Tampa Bay. So you have Montreal. I have Tampa Bay. Well,
1: how many – Tampa Bay and how many? I don't know. I, I picked um, Montreal in seven.
0: So here's another interesting thing. When Montreal is shorthanded, carry prices save percentage actually goes up to almost 96%. When they're shorthanded. So they're down a player. He knows he has to step up. I still think Tampa Bay is going to win. I still do. I have no idea how many games. I'll say six, just just for the sake of it. But I think it is going to be a really good series. I think uh, we're going to see some overtime games.
1: I think a big factor, though. um, Also, we talked. I I talked about it being goaltender versus goaltender. I think you also have to look at their power play and penalty kill.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So, what are those numbers?
1: So, the Canadians in the last series, they really shut down Vegas's uh, power play. It it was. It was big. Um, Now, the Lightning, their power play has been vital to them winning. They've got the best power play in hockey. So I I wonder if the winner of this series comes down to that matchup to power play penalty kill. Because you've got a team that's really good at the penalty kill, and you have another team that's really good at the power play. Mm. So, you know, it could come down to that as well. I think... This game is gonna is gonna be like a matter of inches, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I think it's gonna come down to to minute details and differences as to who wins. And a little bit of luck. I think it's but, gonna come down to a little bit a of a A little luck bit of too. luck. However, the Canadians have the whole country of Canada behind them. Do the Tampa Bay Lightning have Florida behind them? Do they even care about hockey in Florida? I think they do. As much as they do in Canada. I think they I think they do. And can they even freeze water in Florida? No. Maybe Naturally. In the
0: Maybe up in the panhandle in the dead of winter. <laughs> it's very possible.
1: I got to give it to Canada. Oh, Canada. Okay. That works. I mean, do you... Uh, so if Montreal wins, I say we eat poutine. Okay. And if Tampa Bay wins, we eat... Swordfish? Swordfish. Or remember we had really good Cuban food in Tampa? Okay. Maybe we can make um, the Cuban sandwiches.
0: Sure. That works. I don't know. So I think that's what we're going to be doing. Because everything Um, goes around food. Well, yeah. Isn't that the point? I thought that was the point. I I thought that was the point of going to sporting events was to watch sports and eat
1: Well, we've talked about we need to do like a YouTube channel on uh,
0: ballpark arena food. We do. We do. I had the best pretzel. You did at that Sussex Miners game on Friday night.
1: Yeah, Friday night we went to a Sussex Miners game, which minor is a, league.
0: Uh, I'm no, independent. independent. Um,
1: they're up in Augusta, New Jersey, which is way up at the tip of New Jersey. Um, really nice old, like old-fashioned stadium. Um, it was a lot of fun. We made friends with the miner. Yep, Kirby the miner.
0: I think it's Kirby. I thought it was Herbie. Is it Kirby or Herbie? I don't know. Anyway, we had fun. We had a good time, and I had the best um, ballpark pretzel. Yeah, I've Jen ever had was there. sitting
1: there eating her pretzel and exclaiming the whole time, "This is the best ballpark pretzel." It's crunchy. I've
0: had. Is a little bit crunchy on the outside, but it had and that butteriness the on the outside. Yeah, it was really good. It's yeah. really good. So best go hot to go to dog I game.
1: ever had was at Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Well, that was
0: yeah called the Dutchie with mashed potatoes,
1: sauerkraut, mustard, and hot dog. It was phenomenal. And like an Italian roll, right? Yes, it was amazing. So. That sounds anyway, pretty good. We're back. We're, you know, talking about hockey.
0: Now, we did eat a lot of poutine when we went to Edmonton and I Calgary. I ate poutine every day I was in Canada. You did? I did because, I mean, it's, to me, it's the, it's the very cool cousin of disco fries, which we have here in Jersey.
1: If you don't know what disco fries are, do you want to explain what they are to Fries, mozzarella
0: cheese, and brown gravy.
1: Yep. Or there's variations. You got fries, marinara,
0: and mozzarella. No, no. It's marinara, brown gravy, and fries.
1: No, there is something called ecstasy fries. Which which have bacon on them. Yeah, and that means they just add bacon. Those are good. And you dip it in ranch dressing.
0: Really? In ranch? Yeah. Yeah. You
1: can do that. That's what I have had is ecstasy fries. I think the bacon's a little overkill, personally. I just like the brown gravy and cheese. I think it's the cheese
0: curds that make the poutine what it is. Well, yeah,
1: poutine's in a whole other category.
0: It is. It's the very cool northern cousin of Disco. And they fries. have so
1: many cool variations. They of do. It.
0: They do. I want to make tater tot poutine.
1: Would a tater, tater tot be able to stand up under gravy, cheese, and cheese curds? I think it can. You they would it. have, have to be really crispy.
0: crispy, extra crispy. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna be doing. Even if Montreal doesn't win, I'm now making poutine. In my. House. Where do we get cheese curds in Jersey? I'll find a place. I'll
1: you know, I bet you we
0: can have. We can order them. Probably. So I, I'm excited about the cup. It starts tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Sunday night. I, like
1: I was sad to see the Islanders lose, though, because um, we talked about how they were the New Jersey Islanders because my favorite hockey player, favorite Devils player, Kyle Palmieri, is with the Islanders and Travis Zajac, Andy Green. I would have liked to have seen them win a cup, but it was a good run by the Islanders. They just. Oh, well. Yeah, they were lacking something. I don't know what. But anyway,
0: they they just didn't. They just, I don't know. I think if they had... uh, What's his name? You really didn't... You really... If he didn't get hurt. Yeah. I think uh, Islanders could have gone... What about if...
1: I mean, I know they had Tavares years past, and he went to uh, Toronto. No. But I wonder if he would have helped. No. I mean... Nope. All I know is I'm just glad it wasn't Toronto. I don't like the Maple Leafs. I really don't like Austin Matthews. And if you look at Toronto, they should be the Stanley Cup team.
0: I mean, you look at the amount of talent they have. I just... yeah. They I don't know what's wrong the with Indies them in baseball. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Too much talent? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Pretty so, much.
1: So Montreal on game seven, they win the Stanley Cup, bringing a Stanley Cup back to Canada since 1993. Okay. Tampa Bay will not repeat. You
0: repeat. Tampa Bay will not repeat. <laughs> Tampa
1: Bay will not repeat. I repeat Bay's it again. I repeat it
0: thrice. Tampa Bay will not repeat. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is going to win. No. I just think they're too strong. So, <laughs> do we have anything else in hockey we want to talk about? Do we have any uh, other exciting uh, news and notes? Any, no, I any just, other comparisons that we want to go over? No, just talking about Stanley Cup and who I think is going to win. The so Tour de France kicked off, so
1: the mass return of fans really caused chaos. Oh, and I crashes. bet they're really happy about that. Um, on the opening stage, uh, now. World champion, Julien Alaphilippe, the Hope of France, uh, took the first stage and he has the yellow jersey. Um, Here's another interesting bit of trivia for you. He's the third French world champion to take the yellow jersey on the opening day of the race after Georges Speicher in 1934 and Bernard Hinault in 1981. So he was involved in that first pileup that was caused by a fan. Uh, but he managed to stand his bike, uh, surged ahead through the main pack in the final steep climb, leading to the finish, crossed the line with an eight second lead over Michael Matthews. Uh, last year's runner up, Primos Rodlich took third. So now can we talk about <laughs> that first crash?
0: okay? So
1: it was a it was the peloton mm-hmm. that went down a large portion of the peloton Like ninety percent of it. Uh, you know, France is France is back to life. There's no res- the restrictions are lifted, so of course you had the mob of fans alongside of the tour,
0: the 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 route. And I've just been saying since I've started watching this, the Tour de France, I've just been waiting for something like this to happen, just waiting. Well, I
1: mean, in the past, I mean, back in the day, the Tour de France was brutal. I
0: well, mean, it, the fans yeah. were brutal. It still is. It still is. They throw stuff at, at the riders they don't like. I mean Lance Armstrong, if he deserved it or not, is for a totally different debate. I mean he he got all sorts of stuff thrown at him. Yeah. I mean there's no there's no barriers. They they get right next to the riders. It's very unsafe. But this was just stupid. This, this person was wanted stupidity. To get, this person wanted to get on television with their little sign to say hi to their grandparents. It was and it ended up wiping out ninety percent of the peloton, <laughs> taking out some of. The favorites' teammates, which is gonna hurt them at the end of this yes, run. Yes. So, you know, I, I, hey, you got your moment. You got you got more than your moment in the sun because you got the the French police trying to find you, and uh, gonna gonna press charges against you. So
1: yes, the the Tour de France organizers are intent on suing the spectator who caused the mass crash, and the French police uh, are searching for the female spectator uh, and she faces possible legal action with French, French prosecutors confirming they have opened a criminal inquiry for deliberately violating safety regulations and so causing injuries that might prevent someone working for up to three months. So this is an indictable offense in France and it's punishable by a year in prison. Yep. Yeah. So it is a female spectator uh, with a I, very I actually, bright yellow jacket, very and bright green yellow hat. jacket, and holding a sign. I think she was saying hi to her grandparents. Yep. Um, and poor Tony Martin, <laughs> he rode right into that sign. Uh, the poor guy—the expression on his face in the picture is like
0: total. It's pretty shocked. priceless. Um, he comes around and there's a sign and a person and takes that person out and then subsequently takes out like I said about not, like it looked like 90% of that peloton went down, but everything just came to a screeching halt um, while broken bikes were picked up and injuries were assessed and there were like broken ribs and that I think I think that was the second oh, crash okay there were two major crashes on the first day the one was fan. And that was about 40 miles from the finish. And then about 20 miles later was just, he, a rider slipped, took down 90% of the Peloton. And that is where we have Chris Froome, who's, who's a champion of the Tour de France. He has chest injuries and I think arm injuries. Is he Um, out? No, he, he was racing today, but four riders, are definitely out there was a guy that ended up with two fractured arms oh there's a guy that ended up with can't they uh, just cast
1: them and just tape tape them on there um there's
0: a guy with a spinal uh, lumbar injury um trying to think if there are any other broken bones that um there was a guy i don't know if it was a broken leg but it was a badly injured leg I still think some of the injuries are sort of covered up because they're trying to race, you know, stage two or whatever, Mm -hmm. which was today. Very mountainous. Um, But I I mean, that that was an unfortunate accident. Like, well, I don't even know if he got tapped. He just went down.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's the tour that happens. Oh, yeah. But, thing, but crashes that are preventable because of that spectator, that's... That's
0: ridiculous. Yeah. I
1: mean, the second crash, unfortunately, that's part of the sport. Yep. But the first crash, that could have been completely avoided. And, you know, the, the directors of the race have said they want to sue her. And, you know, they... I'm glad they're, because... They wanna, they're doing that because they said that uh, they want to... Give a message to the tiny minority of people who do this so they don't spoil it for everyone. Uh, an official tour statement after the crash said, We're glad to have the public on the side of the road. But for the tour to be a success, respect the safety of the riders.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, all I know is if I was that woman, and I think this is what she did, I would th- I would ditch that yellow jacket. She's <laughs> on. She's in take, Mexico. I would take for the hills, find the nearest airport, and I, I would be on a plane to like she's in Mexico, Alaska. I'd yeah, be in Juneau right now.
0: She's somewhere else other than in that country. It, it was it was really bad. I, I hope you know. And I hope she comes forward She will Apologizes but, but here's the thing You never know Internet
1: sleuths are really good And I think because There's a picture Of a, a good picture of her And she's saying hi To her grandparents Somebody's gonna know This Somebody's woman Somebody's gonna find her And they're gonna turn her in Or these internet sleuths Are gonna find her mm-hmm. um, So I guarantee She's gonna be caught um, But I mean I would run for the hills <laughs>
0: So that was day, day one. Day two started off with rain. That was this morning. And then it, it dried up a bit. And uh, Matthew Vanderpool is now in the yellow jersey. He won the stage. He got um, some of the extra mountain points. Oh, he like, did mountain points. I, I missed that. So he, uh, he ended up winning the stage and... What's really exciting is that his grandfather died not too long ago, and his his grandfather was also in the Tour de France and wore the yellow jersey for a day. So, oh wow! So it was very cool that that he's also wearing the the yellow jersey. Um, very young Dutchman, I think he's like twenty six. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody's young, I guess, to us. But yeah, he, he really he really took off with like half a mile left and I was like, ah, is he breaking too soon? But he just had just enough of a lead and with his extra eight point um, time bonus, he ended up knocking Julian Alaphilippe all the way down to fifth.
1: Wow. So who has the yellow jersey now? The yellow
0: jersey is Vanderpool. Oh, he has Matthew the elevator. Vanderpool jersey. had it took enough of it away from oh, wow. Alec Leep and he was far enough ahead of everybody else. Because uh what Pogkar and Roglic, um I forget where they finished today, but they ended up let me see, four eighteen thirty six. So he was just behind Vanderpool. Um actually they, they came in at the same time. But Philippe was eight seconds behind, and with that eight-second bump, it put him up ahead. So here's he, the he thing, got though: some extra mountain points today. Still early. Still, oh, it's still very early. early. It's um, hard. It's hard to I, I, say. I do,
1: I do think this is Philippe's to lose. I, I think this I is do. his year.
0: I believe it was Roglic who lost um, his uh, teammate in that one of those crashes. By the way, he's a two-to-one favorite. Uh, Pogacar is six-to-four favorite um you know who i kind of like and he's he's not too high high right now is uh thomas garen thomas the welshman Thomas, right thomas yes yes i mean he is do you like him just because he's welsh i do i do i'm trying to see where he is he is 28th right now so he's 23 seconds
1: and you can never count out the Colombians.
0: Yep. So he's only 23 seconds behind. It's only day two. You have Quintana, um, you
1: have Karan. You can never
0: count those guys Oh, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Iran's eight seconds behind. So I, I feel like it's, you know, we're just getting cranked up. We haven't done any time trials. They were talking about that today. Like, what do we do if there's a tie? We we don't have hundreds of a second. That's where they get really your separation of, of you know, your, your standings is... The time trials because they they do that to the hundredth of the second, and the rest of it is just to the second. Yeah. So, uh yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a good ride this year. I think uh, we, I talked about it a few few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. There was a big tune up. Yes. Um. And uh, you know, Podcar rog- Roglic are sort of the two favorites going into it. Uh. But yeah. Well, I think we'll have to see how the rest of the uh the tour plays out. But it's so far it's been a. Uh, It's definitely been exciting. (laughs) I mean, I'm not,
1: I I am not a cycling enthusiast. I I don't cycle. I mean, I like mountain biking. That's about it. Um, But I love the Tour de France. So I'm very happy that it just started. I like it for
0: the history and the scenery.
1: I know. And um, the one announcer. No, not Bob. Phil Liggett. Mm -hmm. I, I love how, first of all, his voice is very calming. And I love when he talks about the history and architecture of the region they're riding their bike through. I don't know what it is. Something about him. He could do like a whole documentary series and I would be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do miss um, Sherwin, Paul Sherwin. Mm-hmm. He passed away unexpectedly. Yep. I always liked like Tim and we have Bob roll um, who I also enjoy. I enjoy him. They yep, call him Bob Bobski. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's a it's a really, uh, so, really, really fun time.
1: Just a, a general Tour de France question. I feel like American cycling has really taken a hit. I, I feel like there's no top American cyclers. I, no. I mean, is it? Do we think it's fallout from like uh, Floyd Landis and Lance Armstrong? I, I don't know. It's just I don't know. It seems to the the Americans in the Tour de France just there doesn't seem like, they're usually, like, they have roles on a team, but they're not, like, a star. The top riders.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just I, a we're going through. and uh, Maybe
1: it took a hit from all the controversy. Maybe people weren't interested in getting into cycling because that's of possible. The, the negative aspect of it. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, that's just possible. throwing it out there.
0: That's very possible. So You never know. But There's yeah, also
1: another big event.
0: What is the other big event? That's coming up. What is that?
1: The Olympics.
0: 30 days. 29 days, I think, actually.
1: And what's going on now?
0: What track and field? All the trials. Oh, yeah. Well, all the track and field, the diving and swimming have completed. Gymnastics. Gymnastics are still going on a little bit. Um, What else do we have? Pretty much everything else. Rowing is already taking place.
1: They already announced the roster for the women's basketball, for the men's basketball, for women's, women's soccer, soccer
0: uh, women's so- oh well, for softball, softball, baseball, baseball. So yeah, it's it's looking like uh, the the Olympics are going to take place, which is very exciting. So We're, we've we been watching. We may end up having daily wrap ups every day. Yeah. Well, we've been the watching the
1: uh, track and field team trials this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, one person that was really impressed by their performance was uh, Deanna Price last night. She took down her own uh American hammer throw record from April. She threw an eighty point three one uh meter heave, they call it, to win the US trials and become only the second woman to break eighty meters, along with Poland's Anita Lodarsik. I am so sorry in with the that world? name. Yes. Wow. So, so she's what only is eighty sec-
0: meters in feet?
1: You are asking an English major Can this. You write this down? No. You know how I feel about the metric system?
0: <laughs> so eighty meters to feet is two hundred and sixty two point four six seven feet. Yeah.
1: So she's the only the second woman in the world to throw That's it. That's almost 80 a meters. football field. Yeah. And we looked it up. How heavy is the, the hammer? Eight. The, it's eight, eight point pounds, eight or something. Like something. That. Eight so pounds. You know, and, and if you don't know it's got like a long chain or something mm-hmm. attached to it and they've gotta spin it around, around, around and fling it as far as they can. Keep it heave it sorry (laughs) heave Uh, um and yeah so she threw it almost a football field
0: yeah that's that's crazy so
1: these these ladies i my hat's off to you because you girls are awesome the the strength you have and also i i mean the way how fast then the momentum they get swinging this this Hammer around I, I would probably Knock myself in the head and, Or kill somebody With this thing Oh yeah I mean they're They're just amazing So I Last night I was really impressed By Deanna Price And the fact that
0: She broke 80 So we We also um, Women's pole vaulting Katie Naga, Nagyot We're so really bad With names today Aren't na- we I uh, know It's Nagyot Okay uh, 16 feet Two and three quarter inches Is what she did last night Also Morgan Leilu Fifteen five and Sandy Morris at fifteen
1: one. Nagyot broke uh, Yelena Istanbayeva's world record from two thousand nine. Olivia
0: groover and Jen Sir, they're all going to the Olympics, mm-hmm. so that is that's pretty awesome. And the two hundred meter, I just want to talk about Gabby Thomas for for. I love a Gabby second. Thomas. Uh, Gabby Thomas is just uh, she's awesome. She's absolutely awesome. Um, she is 6th in the world, I believe, 5th I'm sorry, 15th in the world right now in the 200 meter women. Um, and she pretty much kind of, I wouldn't say she blew away the field. But the fact that she was kind of in fourth place with maybe 90 meters left and then next thing you know, the Jets got turned on and she just kind of went right through the field. She uh, is absolutely phenomenal. uh, I am super excited.
1: If you've got her name being mentioned alongside Florence Griffin Joyner, so she won the 200 meter in 21.61 seconds, a time only bettered by Flojo in the 80s. With 21.34 and 21.56.
0: She was a personal best. Yeah. She and a lowered, record.
1: She lowered her personal best uh, from
0: 22.7. And I believe world's lead right now is, is, is that 21.61. I think that's the fastest time that's been run in the world this year. So Jenna Prandini is also going. And Anivia Battle, they're also going as well.
1: But can I just tell you that I, I love um, Gabby Thomas. I love listening to her being interviewed because she just sounds really smart. I mean, she graduated from Harvard with a degree in neurobiology and global health, healthy policy degree. Jeez. And she's pursuing a master's in epidemiology at Texas. So she's she's not stupid.
0: <laughs> I, I'm excited about um, the, the women's track. I mean, you've got Shakari Richardson, you've got Gabby Thomas, um trying to think who won the 400-meter. Was it uh, Quinera Hayes? Did she win? I believe I she won the 400-meter. Right. I'm really excited uh, about this. I think that we've got a really strong team again going into women's track. Um, Allison
1: Felix came in fifth in the 200. And second. Uh, so she is going to going the Olympics the 400. for the 400, but this not is for her the 200. fifth Olympics? Fifth Olympics. Which is she incredible. She started
0: when she was 17, I yep. think. So. Wow, so five Olympic games. I, I don't too many medals to count, honestly. Let's just be real about that. Uh, she's currently ranked 17th in the world in the 400 meter, and she sort of kicks it in the gear at like the 300 meter mark. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I wasn't surprised she didn't make it in the 200 meter, which is you know totally fine. Uh, but yeah, she is unbelievable. It's great to see her go to her her fifth Olympics. Uh, the men's 100, we have Trayvon Bramall, Ronnie Baker, uh, nine point eight, which is crazy fast for for this uh, for the year. I think we're going to do well. There. And then the
1: the hurdling events, you saw Grant Holloway and Ray ben- Ray Benjamin. Uh, y- you know they uh, I believe that they ran the second fastest times in history in their hurdles event, which is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I do, I, I'm excited. I think the women are going to outperform the men. <laughs> well, we've said this in the entirety of the
1: Olympics. I think the women are going to outperform the men.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that the uh, the women are going to outperform the men in track this year. Um, but
1: but Grant Holloway, he's the world 110 meters hurdles champion. He missed the world record
0: by .01. Oh, he's going to get semifinals. it. He's going to get it. He's a 17 year old, right?
1: No, 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 no. He's, in,
0: he's the adult. He's,
1: well, Who's the seventeen year old the going? The seventeen year old was for the Oh. I can't think of his name offhand. Um He's the one that went pro, so he's not even racing in college. Like he's still in high school, this kid. But he was pretty impressive. I I'm trying to think of what his name is. Um, But did he win, or was it just the semis that we were watching? Oh, Arianne Knighton. In the semifinals, Arianne Knighton ran 19.88 seconds to break Usain Bolt's under-20 world record of 19.93. That's who you're referring to. So last month, he broke Bolt's under-18 world record, he edged world champion Noah Lyles by 0.03 in their heat, and they both made today's final. Knighton can become the youngest male U.S. track and field Olympian since uh, Myler Jim Ryan in 1960. Is that today? Today, Sunday. That's the 200 racing meter. The final, yes, the 200 meter. Meter. Yes. Glad I pulled that out.
0: <laughs> um, can we? So he ran a 19.5. Noah Lyles. Yeah, awesome.
1: Uh, so, Irion Knighton. Remember that name. Okay, I think he's going to win a medal. He's the seventeen-year-old. Okay, uh, and also, did uh, how about uh, Sydney McLaughlin?
0: Sydney McLaughlin's in the the four hundred meter final for the uh, for hurdles tonight. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be pretty fun.
1: Yep, she ran an easy fifty three oh three to win her semifinal. Um, and I don't know if you saw uh, in her in the heats before the semifinal, she like banged up her knees she's bleeding cuz she uh so many restarts they yeah. talked
0: about that they've talked about how it, with the the track events um not the field events but with the track events they've they have sensors on the blocks obviously i mean that's the way weight technology sensors. is gone yeah. and if there's any sort of slight shift in weight it's throwing a false start so, because it's throwing a false start, the, the runners, you know, they're in their set position. There can be zero movement. And then, you know, the gun sounds and they start to go and then the beep, you know, false start. So, the runners have been complaining about the sensitivity of these these blocks. Well, talk about throwing off your timing. It, well, it is. It is. By because, having all those restarts. Yeah. So, you got to have a ton of restarts. You cut up your knees, like, you know, because the track was so hot. Um, yeah,
1: wasn't it a hundred degrees out there? I think couple it was a hundred
0: degrees air, so the track was probably like one forty. I mean, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't want to. Touch well, that's that. why they
1: did what was it—the six thousand meters, 5, the, ten no, thousand meters, the
0: 10,000. 10,000 thousand,
1: ten thousand meters—like really early in the morning. Yeah, they it was did so it like hot. eight in the
0: morning because yeah. it was so hot. But you know, it 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 makes you wonder, like. I know, all these years of track and field, maybe they didn't have such sensitive devices in the blocks. You know, how does that impact the runners, and how can they train to not move? I wonder if coaches have you train for restarts, like they I'm throw a restart, you know, so you I'm get used to it. Because for me, I think that would really throw me. There they, were it, what three in the the men's? Yeah, one of the men's events last night. I think it was the the hurdles. Been. One of the hurdles event. There were three restarts. There was a bunch in the women's hurdles. I, yeah, it's got to be really, really, you know, it must really throw your game off for sure. But I, I do wonder, like, you know, you know, is there that much of an advantage, like if you're in a certain position? And I, I felt like it was long, too, between when they were set to when the gun went off for them to go.
1: Well, I did notice with the hurdles, uh, with the restarts, some of them would actually go into the hurdles. Like they would make it to the first or second hurdle. So they get oh, knocked sure. down. So they do have to reset the hurdles.
0: No, no, no. I mean like from when they were set in the block oh. to when they were right. set to go, I feel like it was a little bit long. Um, I'm, but I'm sure there's like some sort of timing issue that they have, you know, they have to be mindful of, but uh, I don't know. Like that's tough. Like, I guess it just I shows guess, straight though, discipline like, you know, but, don't move until that gun and goes. And it's
1: honestly got to be pretty hard to be the person that calibrates those sensors. Yeah, that's Like true. trying to figure out, because if you think about it, if you have it set so it's not sensitive enough, people will have a problem. If it's too sensitive, they'll have a problem. Trying to find that perfect, perfect spot balance, has yeah. got to be incredibly difficult. I mean, I, I would want someone like your dad <laughs> <laughs> to calibrate it as pretty precise guy <laughs> and yeah. he phys- was a physics professor so i would want someone like that to calibrate that machinery <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: all right that's fair so that's fair today there's a lot more of track and field yep. uh going on yep i think you have um hurdles finals like the 400 the 110 i think you have the men's, uh, men's 200 5, 000, men's five thousand, men's
0: 200 um the men's five thousand meter actually just took place, and we've got. Let's see. It looks like Paul Chalimo did it in thirteen minutes and twenty six seconds. Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid are your okay. top three. So that's still going on. I know the men's gymnastics is still going on, but they we're... heptathlon, women's heptathlon will be decided today. Okay. Women's 400, women's... 400 hurdles, I'm sorry. Yeah. Women's 800, hun- men's 1500, yeah. and men's 200 meter final. Okay. Um, we'll wrap up tonight. And men's high jumps. All right. So we're pretty much
1: almost... Today's the last day. Yeah. And as, you know, as a team, the United States, I mean, is this it? Are there any more... Qualifyings I think this this one, is it this I is think it.
0: Gymnastics has to wrap up I think Gymnastics wraps up today
1: the men Yeah do the women wrap up today
0: I mean out. it's pretty much a foregone
1: Conclusion who's going to be on the women's team <laughs> Honestly they Could just have a team of Simone Biles I think She could just carry the team herself Win Everybody yeah yeah well let's
0: see. So I, I, I Think this is it It's gotta be It it's has gotta to be, be. It has to. It's be. less
1: than a month away. They usually get there early. The athletes get and there I early. I think they
0: have to get there early. As oh, well. they have to quarantine. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah. So let's see. So Biles is obviously leading the way for the all around. I think that's. Yeah, the women's competition is. Uh, it, it finishes up tonight. Um, so yeah, I, it's tonight, and then that's it. Okay. So our teams will be all set.
1: And I think we as both, of tonight, we're both making the prediction that the U.S. women are going to achieve more than the U.S. men this year. I agree with that. I don't think that's a bold prediction e- either. I think that's a pretty foregone conclusion.
0: Well, we don't even have a soccer team over there, so good. Point. All they have to do is medal. True. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I will say this, you know, the average age of our our soccer team is thirty years old, and that's old compared to some of the other teams um i think france yeah. is 24 i want to say um england is in that age range too 24 25 so i guess we're going with veteran leadership um i feel like our basketball team's a little bit old too but we're so dominant in basketball when well, your I'm point not guard is 40 years
1: old on your basketball team but she's still so good she's she still is she so is
0: uh, Neka Ogumike should have made the women's basketball team. Um, I Courtney think it's a, Vandersloot. I think it's a travesty that Neka did not. Sabrina make the Ionescu. Team. Yeah, there are a lot of good players, but there are so many players. I feel like here's the problem
1: with the U.S. Olympics in soccer and baseball. In baseball, I'm sorry. In soccer and basketball, getting my B's confused. Um, I feel like we just keep playing veterans, and we're not really bringing up. The rookies, like the young Upcoming players So there's going to be a time when your Big time players are gonna not going to be able To play anymore Like your Sue Bird, your Diana Taurasi, Your Tina Charles uh, They're going to reach a point Where they cannot play in the Olympics anymore And are we bringing up enough Young talent to replace them Same thing with the soccer I think Megan Rapinoe is Like 37, 38 Like we're Alex Morgan is up there in age. Carly Lloyd's close to 40. I, again, are we bringing enough young talent up to get Olympic and international experience? Same thing. That's always my concern with the women's soccer and women's basketball.
0: Yep, yeah. I I agree. I mean, the, the one that I'm happy that made the team is Asia Wilson, because if she didn't make the team for the women's basketball, that would have... <laughs> I'm not I sure. I feel like even if we, I'm not sure what I would have done. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs>
1: Even if we did play a lot of first-time Olympians, we'd still win a gold medal in basketball, and I think we'd still have a good shot at a medal in women's soccer. Like Women's basketball, we're just too dominant. I think even if they've had a bunch of youngsters on the team, they'd still blow away the rest of the field. Soccer is another story, but I feel like we need to start bringing up younger players in soccer. I I do to get agree them international that. experience. At least let them play in maybe not the Olympics, but maybe uh
0: friendlies or international competition. So that's just my take. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think um I think there are a lot I mean there are a lot of good soccer players out there too that, that we could bring up, but it I don't I don't see us winning winning the gold in, in soccer. I really don't um I think France is going to do it. Well, I'll be rooting for my Italy and USA. You well, have yeah, to cheer for the U.S. I w-
1: yes, but uh, <laughs> speaking of soccer, do we want to move on to Euro Cup? Oh,
0: Euro Cup's going on. That's very exciting. We'll jump from the Olympics to Euro Cup because this is a big, this is a big uh, tournament. It's crazy that they're playing it like a month before the Olympics. But yeah.
1: well, so I, I just looked in. at the most recent betting odds for the champion. So the no- outright favorite. Uh, Plus 2,000 is Denmark, then Portugal, Denmark's Netherlands, very good. Belgium, Spain, Germany, England, Italy, France for outright winner. Uh, I'm a big Italian soccer fan because the men, our U.S. men, just never, never make, make it. it anywhere. So I'm always going to be rooting for Italy, and they won yesterday over Austria in overtime. Uh I don't see them. They would have to face the winner of Belgium-Portugal, mm. which Belgium's going to win that game, and I don't see Italy beating Belgium. I actually have, in my predictions, I have Belgium taking the Euro Cup.
0: They're just too good this year. They're very good. Belgium is very good.
1: So the other game yesterday was Wales-Denmark. Denmark beat Wales 4-0. to Wales didn't stand a chance in that game. Um Today, we've got Belgium-Portugal and the Netherlands versus the Czech Republic. Monday, France-Switzerland, Croatia-Spain, and then Tuesday, Sweden-Ukraine, and England versus Germany. Uh, That's going to be a tough match for England. Germany is always tough to play. Um, So I'm thinking you've got Belgium over Portugal. I think the Netherlands are going to take out the Czech Republic. Uh, Really? France over Switzerland... Spain over Croatia, Uh, I'm not sure about Sweden-Ukraine, maybe Sweden, and England over Germany. I I do think that the (coughs) final is going to be Belgium over England. I'll take it. Yeah. I think your
0: I think that's I your think semifinals legitimate. are
1: going to be Belgium beating France, England beating the Netherlands. Belgium beats England. I really think Belgium's going to win it this year. Okay, I'm feeling strong
0: about I, them. I really like the Czech Republic too. I mean, they beat the Netherlands today too. So I know, but what about your Harry Kane? You no, love I know, Harry Kane? I know, I do. But I think the Czech Republic team. I, I thought they did well in what was it? The last Euro Cup and the last Olympics or World Cup. The last World Cup, they did they did very well, and I was very impressed by them. They did, didn't they? Make it to the finals? Yeah, and I feel like I feel like they they're on the path. They they were pretty young, too. So I, I do feel like that the Czech Republic could could make a move too, which would which yeah, that be that would be fun. I wouldn't mind that. But yeah, I, Belgium's really really good. Um, um, what's
1: what's interesting is you still have your old time favorites like France, Spain, Germany, England. Um. The Netherlands, but and Portugal, but I feel like they've dropped a little bit. You've still got your dark horses uh, like Italy, Denmark. Um, it was fun to see first timers like Finland and uh, North Macedonia to have in the group stage, <laughs> as well as Hungary fun. and Scotland. Um, you know, but we're down to sixteen teams, and I think it's going to be England, Belgium. Great. I mean, I, I, Italy, to me, Italy, uh, you know, they're my favorite, as I was they saying. They were very aggressive in um, the first
0: half, but that was about it.
1: But they've looked very good in this tournament. I think they were 3-0 and going into this match with Austria. Um, you know, Austria really didn't present in the first half of that game yesterday. Like, I was thinking, all right, Austria's got one of the best defenses in soccer, um, but... I just didn't see them doing anything offensive. Uh, and I just, uh, what happened is, is that Austria kind of woke up in the second half and kept it 0-0, went into overtime. Uh, Italy did end up winning it 2-1. I think the man of the match for Italy was Leonardo da Spin- Spinazzola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, he he's going to be uh, they're key to uh, their match against uh, Portugal or Belgium. which I think it's going to be Belgium. So they're definitely going to be underdogs in the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah. But keep our fingers crossed for Italy. Uh, there was a huge uproar in the last world cup because italy didn't make the world cup and it was the first time they've never made the world cup and uh, the basically the entire country went into revolt and i think they fired everybody in italian soccer pretty much um so this team is playing with a vengeance uh, they're young uh but i like their coach mancini uh so i don't know but i don't know i think Belgium might be tough
0: yeah, I, I you know I could see that, but I, I do like Croatia, too. Uh, I'm sorry, the Czech Republic. Croatia is another team that, that could kind of be a sleeper a little bit. Um, but well, yeah, it would be nice if England got there. That would be fun. Well, Croatia has to play Spain. Oh. So that's I'm a, not sure they can beat Spain. That's a tough match.
1: <laughs> uh, Spain is in my top five, I think, of teams right now mm-hmm. that are left in the sixteen.
0: So I, 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 that's a tough team to go through. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, it's going to be a good uh, match. It's, it um, ends up, I think, what around little after Fourth of July, right around Fourth of July, somewhere in there. I think yeah, is, is the championship game. So definitely keep an eye out on that. I think these are going to be your teams that, um, you know, I think and I, I think any of the teams we've mentioned actually July 11th is the championship. Semifinals are sixth and seventh. Next week are the quarterfinals.
1: Yeah. So, um, quarterfinals, uh, I have Belgium beating Italy, France beating Spain, England beating Sweden,
0: Netherlands beating Denmark. I think Denmark, England, Belgium, and the Czech Republic. Semifinals, Belgium beats France, England beats Netherlands.
1: I'm really feeling your English team. I, I am feeling them, but I'm not feeling them for winning the
0: Euro Cup. Okay. So. I think uh, any of those are also going to be contenders in another month, month and a half. So at the Olympics, definitely. I definitely think so. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So that's the Euro cup. What else we got going on? So uh, do you want to talk about
1: this finish week. up with major league baseball? Major league baseball. So let's go. We had the seventh no hitter in the majors this year just happened, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't done by one pitcher. It was the Cubs and their bullpen. They teamed up with their starter, Zach Davies uh, for the first combined no hitter in franchise history. Um, so it was the seventh no-hitter in the majors this year, matching the most in a season since 1900, as Chicago blanked the Angel, I'm sorry, the Dodgers four to zero Thursday night. Uh, the Dodgers drew eight walks, getting at least one from each opposing pitcher, but managed no other base runners. So this is the seventh no-hitter. I mean, it's sort of an unusual season.
0: It, it is an unusual season. We've uh, talked about why we think it's such an unusual <clears throat> season.
1: So, this seventh no-hitter is the most in baseball history before July 1st. It's been... But it's the first since May 19th. Wow. Uh, the wow, boss, that's a long stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so, also on Thursday, the Red Sox took a bid for a combined no-hitter into the eighth inning, but lost it uh, against Tampa Bay. So, this is the 312th no-hitter in baseball history. 312th. Yep. Wow. And it matches... 1990, 1991, 2012, and 2015 for the most in a single major league baseball season since 1900. It's one shy of the record eight, which happened in 1884, the first season overhand pitching was allowed. (laughs) So I didn't realize that that you were not allowed to overhand pitch before 1884. Wow. So I guess they threw like a softball pitch? I guess
0: so. I guess so. They must have. Uh, Yeah they must have
1: uh, The Cubs actually did something that's much harder Than throwing a no hitter over the past two seasons They beat Walker Bueller Who hasn't lost in 23 straight Regular season starts He took his first loss Since September 21st 2019 For the Dodgers Despite he threw six innings of five hit ball Um, He lost his streak of 30 straight games Overall without a defeat the Dodgers have not been no-hit since August 30th, 2015, when they were blanked by who? The Cubs. <laughs> Jake Arrieta, who is scheduled nice. to pitch, uh, who I think is going to who did pitch on Friday night? It was the Dodgers' 20th no-hit loss, the most in Major League history. So there's a trivia thing for you. That's a very
0: interesting. Who has the
1: most no-hit? Who no-hit loss? The Dodgers. How about that? So that was number seven. We're not even July 1st yet. Can you take a guesstimate at how many we're gonna have by the end of the season? Thirteen. Thirteen. I don't know.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. It's it, it's definitely slowed down since this whole May nineteenth was the last. This one. whole like substance review, which is really disrupting the game. Well,
1: I'm sorry, Joe Girardi, coming out in the middle of an inning to to keep checking on
0: uh um uh. Scherzer, sure, Scher- Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Mm-hmm. I don't blame Scherzer for being pissed. Yeah, I don't blame him either. But as soon as the the pitchers go off the field, they have to show, um, you know, they have to sh- to to go to the umpire,
1: which I'm okay with that. But I don't like that Girardi kept interrupting the the inning.
0: And um, the Hector Santiago is oh. the first player to be busted for uh foreign substance. Oh,
1: hmm. how about that? yeah and, and I, they you know i know de has been scrutinized and he's come so far been clean and i, I honestly i think that if de did use substances nobody would be able to hit him no <laughs> i just think he's just naturally talented
0: <laughs> but who I, I who knows i
1: you know i think we make it a dozen no hitters okay make it a dozen not a baker's dozen which you picked a no. dozen um so also the no-hitter with the Cubs. So they didn't the pitchers didn't even realize what they did. <laughs> Are you serious? They had no way- they didn't realize that they no-hit the Dodgers until they finished. And the rest and and they got to the dugout and they're like, "Hey, do you guys know you pitched a no-hitter?" They had no idea. That's that's even better. I think that's even better.
0: Yeah, that's that's great.
1: So we got a no-hitter April 9th, it was Joe Musgrove, uh, April 14th, Carlos Rondon. May fifth, John Means; May seventh, Wade Miley; May eighteenth, Spencer Turnbull, and Corey Kluber; May nineteenth. Now, Madison Bumgarner did pitch a seven-inning no-hitter in a doubleheader on April twenty-fifth, but it's not recognized as a no-hitter. See, by okay, Major League Baseball. so
0: this is where I have a problem with that. They've made the hitters, seven innings each. So why wouldn't that count? It's I a major, agree with you. It's a Major League Baseball rule, which I absolutely think is stupid. You're professional athletes. <laughs> if you're it's, you're paid to play nine innings, so you're going to play 14 instead of 18? Just let them play nine and nine. Well, I don't it's, understand. It's not because of the players that they're doing that. I know. I know.
1: It's because of the short attention span of fans.
0: Yeah, and they want to speed up the game. Yeah. So I, I get it from that perspective, but it's stupid. And if you're They're forcing a guy, he
1: he can't throw nine innings. You're not allowing yeah. him to throw nine innings. So if he
0: threw a no hitter in seven, in seven innings and it's regu- it's a regulation game. Then it should count. Then it should count. I agree with so you. So I think we have not we have eight. And let's face it, Arizona doesn't have much to go on this year. I just think it's stupid. Like if, <laughs> if you're you're only allowing them to play seven innings, he pitches seven innings no hits a team in seven innings then it should be a no hitter i think okay. we need to start a petition all right we can do that i think we need to start doing that I so think, i think we're gonna have to do a little like uh would it would it change.org or whatever those uh websites give are Madison a no hitter he have he should have he should have if that's the rule that double headers are seven innings then, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, so he got the win, right? Yeah. He got the obviously. win, he got the strikeouts, but mm-hmm. he didn't get the no-hitter. Nope. See, that doesn't make any sense. So
1: if it counts as a win, it counts as an official game. He
0: gets the strikeouts. He gets should the get strikeouts. The
1: now, in a rain-shortened game, I get it. Would it count as a no-hitter? No. If a, game, if a guy's pitching a no-hitter and the game is ended by rain and they have enough innings to make it legal, is it a no-hitter? I don't know. Me either. But I think that's a difference. Sh- well,
0: it's not really because it's technically a win or a loss. So, so what we're still saying is win. if it's
1: technically a win, then it needs to be counted as a no hitter.
0: Is that what our stance is? Or is it is the definition that it has to be 27 batters out? Because if that's it, then it's a nine. It's a nine. It has to be nine innings. So okay. So, so, so for a, a no hitter is technically a complete game in which a pitcher yields no hits to the opposing team.
1: That's the definition. Yeah. So then his seven inning
0: no hitter should be counted as a no hitter. Let's see. Let me see. Hold on. Pitcher gives up no hits. The term is most blah 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 blah. So I am thinking. Let's see. It also does not imply a shutout or even a win. There was a Yankees pitcher that threw a no-hitter, but he lost the game because he lost it on errors and walks.
1: Yes. But we're looking at length of game. Now, if the rules say it has to be 27 batters, then yes, it's not a no-hitter. But if the rules don't specify the number of batters, then he should get the no-hitter.
0: I'm reading I'm reading here. Let's see. I know see. I can
1: see the wheels turning.
0: Prior to 1991, Major League Baseball defined a no-hitter as an official game in which a pitcher or pitchers give up no hits. That was prior okay. to 91. It was prior to 91. Since 1999, 1991, no-hitter is a game in which a pitcher or pitcher gives up no hits while pitching at least 9 innings.
1: Oh. So they changed so they the rule changed in the 1991.
0: Rule. So, okay, so then it's not a no hitter then. I still think that's stupid. Well,
1: then they'd have to but I guess if they they had to become specific for instances
0: like that. Um yeah, but and yeah, but okay, fine. And that takes out the rain the rain mm-hmm. games, right? But that shouldn't take out where the rule is a doubleheader is 7 innings. And that is a major league baseball rule that if a pitcher pitches 7 no-hit innings that it doesn't count as a no-hitter. If that's a major league baseball rule. So it should be
1: But then that counteracts the rule that says a no-hitter has to be 9 innings. So they
0: have to amend it.
1: Well, okay, but so it has to be at least 9 innings. So if it goes over 9 innings, it's still a no-hitter. Yeah. So if it goes to like
0: So it's really 27 batters up, 27 batters down. Well, that's a perfect game. It has to be They nine, have to, it has face to be 20, 9 at least 27 innings 27 batters. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think if you're gonna put in a rule where it says that seven innings is a doubleheader, this is why they should be nine because then we wouldn't have this this problem. Then it should, it should totally be. So instead of twenty-seven batters, he faced twenty-one. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I, well, maybe they're right. They
0: should be playing.
1: Nine innings and nine innings and a doubleheader.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. I think it's just... Instead it, of seven and so seven. Stupid. I don't I don't know how the players and feel. And that's this year. They just did it this yeah, year. Yeah, it's just this year. And Which is dumb. It's dumb. You're professional athletes. I'm sorry. You're professional athletes. You're getting paid millions of dollars a game. Some people, you know, I don't even know. Like $60,000 in at-bat. And you're going to... Only play seven innings, seven and seven. So, I think if they're making that an absolute rule, it's a legal game. It's a it's a legal it's a legal game, and they're making that a rule. Then they need to adjust the no hitter. Well, policy. I
1: don't. I mean, maybe the rules haven't caught up to the new changes. Like they've just they implemented this change, but they still have this rule from ninety one, which so, says it has to be nine innings. So
0: then, are they going to grandfather him, or are they going to are they going to bring him in and say, hey, you know what, you pitched a no hitter in seven innings, so. You should get the no hitter. Like that's not right. It's it's stupid. I I just think they they absolutely need to either well, play, y- they need to play nine y- innings. Yeah, you, I don't understand this. Hope. But you know why they did it. I You'd, know. I mean, I understand why they did it. Get over it. So I many. Mean, I mean, I mean stop the true double header anyway.
1: Well, they I mean, had they had to this year because there were so many games to be made up. I mean, look at all the double headers the Mets have played.
0: <laughs> but they no, but I mean they, they stopped the true doubleheader. Oh. So like you have a one o'clock game and you have a seven o'clock game. You don't have a true double header anymore. If you had a true doubleheader, I could almost see a seven and a nine maybe. But you know, where well, it's one o'clock and four o'clock. Well, so
1: what's interesting about the true double headers anymore, it used to be that you would buy a ticket for a double header and you'd get both games. Not anymore. Now, you have to get a ticket for the first game and a ticket for the second game. So that's money right there. They're making more money selling tickets for a second game.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't. Because it used it. to be
1: you'd pay your money, you'd get your ticket, and you'd get both games. Not anymore. Yeah, so it's it. all about money. It's a business. You Don't you always say that sports is a business? It is a business. It is a business. So, but,
0: he, but Bumgarner should have the no-hitter. If that's going to be the rule.
1: But that's why it's 7-7, seven and seven because it's a business. And they're looking at trends and
0: seeing that people think baseball's too long. And Look, it's boring. People leave after the seventh-inning stretch anyway. Well,
1: it depends on the traffic. Like, if you're a New York—I <laughs> mean, honestly, <laughs> if you're true. going to Yankee Stadium or City Field— oh. Like we usually leave because of the traffic. The only time we didn't usually leave early to
0: the end of the game when we're sitting in traffic. <laughs> uh,
1: the only time we've stayed for the end of the game, uh, we did stay for Pete Alonzo when he to hit break we've the rookie record. We've stayed for
0: several. Don't get me wrong. We've stayed for several. Well, we did we the last for most game most because it
1: was only twenty percent capacity, so yeah. there wasn't any traffic.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't bad. But getting out of City Field and Yankee Stadium.
1: Oh, and the worst is if they're both playing.
0: Oh, no. Forget it. And when the U.S. Open's
1: going on? Because from City Field, you can see Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is the U.S. Open.
0: Yeah, that's really bad, too. I mean, there have been times it's taken us three hours to get home from a game. Yeah, and we've we've gone all sorts of detours. It should take an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So three hours to an hour. So you always check the traffic around the eighth inning. And can I just tell you
1: that, Jen, if you ever need to get to City Field or Yankee Stadium... Jen is the master at figuring out how to get there. And oh, in Philly, too. Mm-hmm. Jen just knows how to get you to these stadiums the best route possible. And yep. it may not look like it on paper, but it is the best but route. But you get there in like an hour and
0: 10 minutes. Yeah. If
1: you need to get to uh, Citizens Bank, City Field, or Yankee Stadium, you need to hit me up. You need to hit up Jen. I'll help you out. It's I'll help it's, you out. it's a closely guarded secret, though. It is.
0: <laughs> I mean, we've gotten to Yankee Stadium in 50 minutes. We have.
1: And that's because of Jen. Like, yep. she's a pro.
0: Yeah. Very good. maybe you should start your own like uber <laughs> my own baseball game uber yeah your baseball can game get a uber. little van with a baseball on the side right? <laughs> and put all the
1: logos of the teams you drive to i like it right I like it yeah i should do that because yeah, you even know how to get to philly
0: oh yeah yeah there's all sorts of back ways into philly see i never i don't mind going to to Citi- citizens bank park because it's i can get in and out of there super easy But Yankees and Mets, you get stuck. Yankees, you're really stuck. Oh, God. You're really stuck. But at least the Mets, you have some options. We've even
1: been stuck in the parking garage
0: at Yankees. Oh, yeah. It's when my car stalled. Oh, the Super Civic. Yeah, it's when my car stalled. And I was like, oh, no. The Super Civic. I'm stuck clogging up the parking garage at Yankee (laughs) Stadium. (laughs) And and my car stalled. You want to talk about panicked moments? That was probably... Like, I would take... You know, I played softball, so we actually played seven innings. That was regulation. I would take bottom of the seventh two outs with a runner <laughs> on, and you need to score it over stalling your in car. In the state championship. Totally. Uh, over stalling your car. And it was the end. At the top of the ramp and at it, Yankee Stadium parking It was parking the garage. end of the Super Civic. That was the end of the Super Civic. I, it's, not, it's miraculously restarted. <laughs> I got home, and we traded in like a week later because yep. i was like i i just can't like <laughs> i couldn't imagine calling my father and being like hey you have to come to the bronx like yeah that would have been bad and you
1: loved that car
0: i did it was a great car Two hundred and
1: forty thousand miles i think on it yep
0: the end of the super civic that was the end of it i was like i can't do it anymore i can't that was so scary <laughs> i was like i'm gonna get killed <sighs> yeah that was that was very scary
1: um back to pitching.
0: Yeah, pitching. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, we totally got so off track I, there.
1: So I, you know, uh, my heart almost stopped uh, this week uh, on Friday cuz the Philadelphia Phillies were playing the Mets and their pitcher Aaron Nola struck out 10 straight New York Mets, which tied a major league record which has stood for more than 5 centuries is set by Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver, the number whose number the Mets wear on their jerseys cuz sadly he just died. And he did it, uh, 2-1 victory San Diego Padres at Shea Stadium on April 22nd, 1970. Wow. Thank God, Michael Conforto, uh, I'm sorry, not Michael Conforto, thank God Pete Alonso came around yeah, and he, got a hit.
0: It's Pete Alonso, who I have to say, up until this point, I'm like, what is going on with Pete Alonso? He's not hitting the ball well. He's trying to hit home runs. I feel like he's trying to hit, like, base hits now, and I think he's doing much better.
1: Yes. Uh, so, Aaron Nola struck out Michael Conforto for the 10th strikeout. I was sitting there biting my nails. Pete Alonzo comes up to bat. Thank God he gets a hit. The crowd was chanting his name, Pete Alonzo. Uh, he hit a 1-2 slider inside the right field line for a a line drive, double. So thank you, Pete Alonso. Because can you imagine if a Philly broke Tom Seaver's record, which has stood for f- over five decades, playing the New York Mets at Citi Field? Now, Nola, he's got a very nasty curveball, and the Mets as a team this season cannot hit curveballs. They're like um, in major, major League. What was the guy's name? But he had the little god, Jobu
0: oh yeah
1: uh i don't remember his name i think he was cuban and he would pray to jobu (laughs) and give him offerings of rum and chicken uh so he could hit the curveball um
0: it's very bad to steal jobu's rum
1: yeah and they brought jobu they didn't want a live chicken so they brought jobu the the thing of kentucky fried chicken
0: it's uh uh pedro pedro serrano Yes. Pedro Serrano. So the
1: Mets are Pedro Serrano because they cannot hit a curveball to save their lives. So I'm thinking we need to give them a Joe Boo statue and a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. I like it. To help them start hitting the curveball. So we no longer have to worry about Tom Seaver's record falling, especially to a Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Especially to a Philly. Yes. It cannot fall to a Philly. You know, I'd be okay if it fell to like an American League team but I do not want it to fall to a National League team. Uh, last thing I have in baseball is Pete Alonzo said he's going to defend his home run derby title July 12th at Coors Field. Who else is going to be field. in field? Um, Shohei Otani will be there. Yeehaw. Vlad Jr., who uh, Alonzo beat 23-22, to 22, is not going to compete this year. That's okay. Uh, he said that... Uh, it takes a lot
0: out of players, I think.
1: Yeah, he said uh, he talked to his dad... Vlad Senior, um, and they came to the conclusion that he shouldn't do it. It's just not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth mm-hmm. it. So, um, only two players have won consecutive home run derbies. Can you name those two? Any of those two players? I. They're modern age players. So I'll Was give Bryce you the, Harper one. I'll give you the dates: ninety eight and twenty thirteen. Bryce Harper one. Oh, you mean the cheater at the the home run derby? <laughs> he totally cheated, and Mets fans proved it. You and your Mets fans. You and your Mets. Because his father was pitching the ball before oh, yeah. the, the ball stopped, like before the ball landed. Yeah, so he was, technically you yeah, weren't Technically to do that. the ball has to land and then you pitch. And his dad, who's like... Mets are... Mets,
0: good old Mets fans. The
1: Mets fans figured it out. So he totally cheated. But I'm not surprised it's Bryce Harper. Anyway, so in 1998 uh Ken Griffey Jr. Ah, yes. He won 98 at Coors Field, 99 at Fenway Park. Okay. Now, the next one is pretty is a surprise. Jonas Cespedis in 2013 <laughs> at City Field and 2014 at the, Target Field. the MIA player, huh? Uh, another joke. The MIA player. Another
0: joke. So, um that's pretty interesting. Uh, to keep with the All Star theme, and you know, you were talking about the Home Run Derby. The phase one of the All Star voting is complete. By the way, okay. Oh, I know that. Vlad Guerrero, Ronald Kunis, Salvador Perez, Mike Trout, and Fernando Tatis are the top five vote getters.
1: Tatis has said he's not playing in competing in the Home Run Derby. That's good.
0: Got a bum shoulder. So, overall, the top three vote getters from each category. Um, move on to phase two. I know I've been voting. Phase so. two, w- the the winner, everything's going to be announced. Um, everybody can go online and vote for phase two. Uh, the winners will be announced on July fourth, and the All Star Game takes place what like a week after the twelfth.
1: Uh, well, no, the the home run derby is the twelfth, so thirteenth, the thirteenth.
0: So, so here's who who should we have? We'll go through these really fast. All right, so designated hitter, we have Otani, JD Martinez, and Alvarez. Okay. And then for the catchers, American League, you have Perez. Martin Maldonado, and Yasmin Grendall. National League, you have Buster Posey, Yadier Molina, and Wilson Contreras. Which, Yadier Molina, I think he should just get it because he's Amazing. his legacy. Uh, first baseman, American League, you have Vlad Jr., you have Gurriel, and you have Jose Abreu. National League, you have Muncie, Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo. Oh no Pete. No Pete. He doesn't deserve it this year. Second baseman, American League, Marcus Seaman, Jose Altuve, DJ LeMayu. Altuve. National League, Ozzy Albez. Albez, sorry. Adam Frazier and Gavin Lux. Shortstops, Xander Bogarts, Bo Bichette, which I thought was interesting, and Carlos Carrera. I mean, Bichette's having a, a, a great year, but I mean, Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts. Totally de- deserves and that. And that means a lot coming from a Yankees fan. Yep. National League, Fernando Tatis, Javier Baez, and Brandon Crawford, which Brandon Crawford, he's just like the, the like guy that won't die. Like, he just... Goes and goes and goes. He's consistent every year. Every year, third baseman Rafael Devers, Alex Bergman, and Yon Moncada. Moncado. Devers. It's got to yeah. I, I have him Moncada on my fantasy team, but I think Devers. Nationally, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Aron- uh, uh, <laughs> and Justin Turner. Do you know how you know you should end your podcast when you can't say names? Exactly. Outfielders, American League: Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Byron Buxton. Mike Trout's hurt. Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Byron Buxton, Michael Brantley, um Brantley. Garcia, Hernandez, Mullins, Verdago, Let's see. National League, Acuna, Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor, Juan Soto, Harper, uh Peterson and Mike Stromsky. So those are the ones you can kind of vote for. Um I'd love to see Byron Buxton do it At the beginning of the year. I said, you know, he's he's a guy that uh and Michael Brantley has so been—he would I have mean, a great. Year. He's been tearing it up. Michael, Brantley's I only know this because team. he's on my fantasy team. I mean, he'll get in because Trout will probably get in, and then Trout can't play, so it'll probably mm. go to Brantley. Because
1: I know Trout's hurt because mm-hmm. he's on my fantasy team. He was my number one pick.
0: Yeah, so I—I I think it's gonna be a, like it's it's gonna be a fun All-Star game. Remember, the winner, whoever wins the game, gets the advantage in the World Series, which uh, matters. Which is fun. It that definitely totally matters. matters. That totally matters. Um. I don't think we have anything else. I mean, we, we, NASCAR is going on right now at Pocono. Yep. Poor Kyle Larson was leading. Um, got a flat left tire in
1: the final lap. And Alex Bowman won. And Alex Bowman, after the race, still
0: couldn't believe he won. He, he was totally in shock. So And and big surprise, Max Verstappen won the Formula One it's it's getting you know he he had a 40 he won by 40 seconds over so Lewis we Hamilton. honestly
1: could have a whole podcast on why formula why i think formula one sucks
0: i i think you need to stop <laughs> so i personally like formula one she obviously does not it's so boring martin truex right now is winning the uh pocono nascar race jersey boy Yep. So that's good, Christopher Bell. My guy's in second place. Um, so yeah, it's got a little bit of NASCAR, a little bit of racing going on. There's
1: a lot of sports going on. So it's a good. A it's a good time of year. You have the NBA going on, the postseason. Oh I, yeah, I mean, Phoenix Suns. Man, they're up
0: three one. They're they're gonna they're gonna go. I think they could potentially win it. I think the Phoenix Suns could win the NBA championship. I could see that. Yep, I okay. definitely think so. So I think that does it for this week. That does it. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out on social media and on our website. I have a new blog coming out. Yep. Lisa's got a new blog coming out, which we'll post shortly. And um, I think that's it. So everyone have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anchor.fm slash timeoutjl and also on Spotify.